Now tonight I want us to move uh, into the, the actual text of this uh, small letter from the Apostle Paul and you can see some notes that I want us to fill in here in just a moment. Uh, again, if you didn't get an overview, uh, pick one of those up there on the table. If you need more than one, you feel free to take them. If you lost yours, uh, take them. It doesn't, um, it, it's fine with us. But I wanted, I, I told you last week that Philemon uh, was uh, the only letter written to an individual. Philemon uh, is an individual. Uh, we s usually talk about Paul's letters to the churches. Well, this is a letter to the, uh, the uh, a man named Philemon. By the way, we have a we have a guest back there in the back, David Bouchard. David, hold your hand up. David has just moved. He's been trying to get to Dothan uh, for some time. Didn't you tell me, David? Uh, but he left. And he came here to Dothan, but he's been watching us and reading our publications, everything, for a couple of years. And so, David, welcome. We're glad to have you here uh, uh, with us. And uh, uh, if we can help you in that transition, let us know uh, for sure. But we're talking about an individual, Philemon. And that's what makes this letter a bit different. Now, it most certainly in time was shared among the other churches. But right now, this is a, a Paul-specific letter to this man. And so I want to begin by showing you three characteristics that we see of Philemon. And let, let's just begin looking at verse 1. It says, Paul, a prisoner uh, for Christ Jesus, a prisoner in Rome, by the way. And this is his first Roman imprisonment. And uh, to Timothy, our brother, uh, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and to uh, Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, um, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we typically call this the greeting or the salutation. It's the introduction. It's the preliminaries. It's, uh, you sometimes do that when you uh, write a person. You don't just immediately say, I'm just going to jump right into why I wrote the letter. You'll do some uh, pleasantries and that sort of thing. Well, that's some uh, of what's going on. But in this, we see a number of things. And we see at least three characteristics of the, the, this man, Philemon. First of all, uh, I would tell you that he was a laborer. He was a laborer for God. Did you notice what Paul said? Beloved fellow worker. He was a laborer for God. This is what we, uh, and, and so that's important because there's, a, there's an issue that Philemon is having to deal with, which is the whole reason that Paul writes this letter. He needs to talk to him about something. But he commends him. He starts off talking about the fact that he was a fellow uh, worker for God. I, I want to suggest something to you. Of every Christian, it ought to be said they are fellow laborers or fellow workers, or fellow servants uh, in, the, in the work of the kingdom of God. That ought to be said about all of us. You, we sometimes think, well, uh, God didn't call me in the ministry. The fact is, he called all of us into the ministry. If you're saved, when you get saved, you also have a call of ministry and service. And it may not be like a vocational call, uh, like uh, a pastor has, or uh, even a staff member has, but it is a call uh, that is uh, biblical in nature because God expects you to 
to serve him with your life. And that's what he could say about Philemon, that he was a, he was a fellow worker, he was a laborer for God. But he doesn't stop there. And by the way, he mentions Aphia and Archippus. Aphia was Philemon's wife, if you wonder why he greets uh, her. And Archippus was Philemon's son. All right, so he's greeting the whole family. I'm going to come back to something about that here in just uh, a, a moment. So uh, the first thing that we see is he was a laborer of God. Then if you read on down through the text, we see uh, a second thing, and that is he was a lover of God. If you look at verse 5, look at verse 5. It says, and, and because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and all the saints. He was a lover of God. You might even add he was a lover of the people of God uh, as well. And uh, so uh, uh, this uh, agape kind of love was expressed toward uh, the family of God, but most of all toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I, I would add that these two things are really connected, right? If you're a lover of God, you're going to be a laborer for God, right? Now, you can do labor for God and not be a lover of God. And that's kind of what you call going through the motions. Or you might say, the, uh, the, uh, I'm doing this out of a sense of obligation. And you know what? It's, that's not the worst kind of service for God. But the best kind of service is service that overflows from a love relationship, right? So I love God, and because I love God... I, I want to serve God. I, I want to work for God. I want to find things uh, that I can do uh, and, and love the people of God. I was saved when I was 12 years old, and um, I've told you that story before. But uh, when I got saved, uh, there were two things that distinctly happened. Well, there were three things that distinctly happened in my life. Number one I didn't know a lot about Jesus except who Jesus was and what he did, but I suddenly was in love with Jesus. I mean, I thought as a 12-year-old, Jesus is the greatest thing. He still is, by the way. Nothing's changed about that. But, but there was something that happened inside of me in terms of my, the way I now view Jesus. And the second thing that happened to me is that I suddenly liked being around the people of God. I'm a 12-year-old boy, I, and so I, I, was, I was at church. I was at church every time the doors were open. And it didn't matter if it was catered toward uh, young people or not. I just I wanted to be at church. In fact, I had a friend, uh, he and I, we would go up in the summertime when we didn't have school. We would go up and just hang out on the steps of the church. We just wanted to be there. We just wanted to be around the, the, the church and then the people of God uh, in particular. And then the third thing that happened to me is I, I, I had this insatiable appetite for the Word of God. And nothing's changed about that. Nothing's changed about e any of those things. Those were things that happened. And so I wanted to do things uh, for God. I, I told the pastor whom I had preached here several years ago, that, that, that I was saved under. I had him preach here several years ago, but I was up there, and I told him, do you, what do you want me to do? I, can I do anything to help you? And it was a small uh, a little church, so uh, they, we had a part-time minister of music and him, and so there was plenty to do. 
but I just like to hang out up there. I like to do whatever they needed me to do, I, I, and I still do. I still get up after all these years, over 50 years of being a Christian, I still get up and I look forward to going into the house of God, the church. I still love it. Now, some days I love it more than I do others, but I really do. I, I still love uh, being around the people of God. I told a man in our church whom uh, I led to Christ um, a few years after I got here, and we were having lunch today, and uh, I told him again how special that moment was uh, uh, the night he got saved. Uh, but um, I got choked up. I said, and you know, after all these years, 20-something years, almost 21 years, February, 21 years completed, I told him, I said, and you know what? I said, I love our people more than I've ever loved them uh, uh, before. I said, it just is, that it just grows. And, um, and I got choked up trying to tell him about being around the people of God, loving our people, um, and uh, how much it means. And that's what happens in a relationship, isn't it, over, over time? <laughs> well, we hope it. it uh, uh, we hadn't had a divorce yet, right? And uh, if, you don't, if you don't feel the same way, take it up with Gordine. She was on the committee that helped bring me here. Uh, uh, 20, we, in fact, you know what, Gordine? This time, 21 years ago is when we were talking. Just dawned on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, so in fact, they scared me. They called me about two days later. Uh, and Carolyn Allen, whom she's talking about, by the way, made me a batch of cookies for Christmas and delivered. Oh, they're wonderful. Um, and I shouldn't be eating them, but I am. Um, but I got a call two days later. I'm the first person they heard. And it scared me. Um, and I told the chairman, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all can't do that. Not, not. I said, y'all need to hear somebody else. I said, at least hear somebody else. I said, the church is going to say, you mean you called the first person you talked to? What I was doing too, Gordine, is I was buying time. Because I needed to pray about it. Say, Jesus, you, you, you want me to, is this what you want? But it was of the Lord, and they did listen to uh, to some other people, and I wanted that too because I they, I thought you man you listen to somebody else you say we can do better than him, and um, and then they were told by one of the professional church consultants, a church the size of Ridgecrest, if you get a pastor in less than eighteen months, you will you, he will never last, and I think it took a. A collective what four months something like that four or five months and it's not gonna last so but I, I have been in love with the people of God and I love you and it's been such a joy to to have that kind of thing only get stronger I, I think as servants of God all of us that our love for one another should increase and I think our, uh, our love for God should increase. And as that increases, our labor for God, here my Lord, send me, you know, uh, and as the prophet Isaiah said. So 
This was Philemon. This is the kind of guy he was. He, he was a laborer for God. He was a lover of God. And he was a, anybody have any idea where I'm going? He was a leader for God. How do we know that? Well, we can look on down there and um, he talks about, he, uh, Paul talks about, um, in verse 6, I pray that sharing of your faith might become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because, here it is, the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. See, he, he was impacting he was impacting these people uh, that he was around. He was a leader for God. Paul said, you've refreshed me, but you have also refreshed the hearts of the saints. I think if people can say these three things about us, um, we could be greatly encouraged, couldn't we? Oh, he's a, lo he's a laborer for God. He, he's a lover. She, she's a, boy, she is devoted to God. She, uh, uh, she's, she's an influencer for God. She makes a difference. And that's the way uh, I would love to be characterized, uh, just like uh, Philemon was uh, to uh, to Paul. Now, uh, Paul also, he talks about some other things here that are worth noting. And he talks about, for example, in verse uh, 1, he talks about his uh, relationship with Philemon. Uh, notice what he says. What does he call Philemon? A beloved fellow worker. All scholars tell us this about Paul and this letter to Philemon is that this was more than Paul hearing about some guy, Doug, and saying, I need to talk to him about this, this uh, servant of his that ran away, and I need to talk to him about reconciling. No, Philemon and Paul were very close. He doesn't often refer to people as beloved, but this is a term of endearment. He was saying this is... Uh, we have this relationship that has great depth uh, in it. So uh, Paul's relationship was, with Philemon was more than just a casual kind of relationship, um, uh, spiritually uh, speaking. It was more than just, hey, we're brothers in, in the Lord, or, yeah, I met Philemon on one occasion. The scholars say this was a, a, a deep relationship a deep which enabled Paul to talk to him about Onesimus the slave the servant that had run away and this enabled that uh, conversation to happen because of the depth of uh, relationship relationships make a difference don't they when we are when we need to have a conversation with someone or we need to talk about uh, about some issue and so it's important to note Paul's relationship with uh, Philemon uh, also note Paul's remembrance. Uh, and you see Paul's remembrance of Philemon in verses 4 and 5. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Uh, his remembrance, uh, when I remember you. And he tells him why, but here's what he's saying. When I remember you, I am so grateful uh, uh, and I pray for you. You know what I often ask God uh, to do? Uh, to bring to mind people I need to pray for. Lord, would you help me remember? 
there are a lot of people to pray for, aren't there? I mean, we just looked at our list tonight, and, you know, I've told you before, if you want to, you can use that, uh, that list all through the week. You can just take a few names uh, every day and pray through, and you'll have plenty to pray about, won't you? And plenty of people to pray for. Uh, well, Paul says, every time I remember you, he says, I, I, I remember you in my prayers. And sometimes it, you say, God, who should I pray for today? I do, I've done various different things over the years, but one of the things I've been doing in the last year is I take a card in the mornings uh, and I write out who I'm praying for today. And I ask the Lord, Lord, would you, would you show me who to pray for today? And would you, would you bring them to my remembrance? And by the way, it's not a bad thing. Have you ever all of a sudden remembered somebody and, and, and thought, man, I need to be praying for them? Well, just stop and pray for them. Uh, just stop and pray for them. Uh, I often will try to do that uh, with people. And some of you I've prayed with, like on Sundays, you come and say, Brother Ray, would you pray? I hear something going on. And some of you know, I'll just stop and say, well, let's pray right now. Um, and uh, because I don't want to forget it. But I've also found that it's, it's, um, it's pretty neat how God will bring somebody to your mind when he wants you to pray for them. And so Paul said, you know, in my remembrance of you, uh, in my prayers, okay? And then there's a third thing that we notice, and that is Paul's refreshment. And that came from Philemon. Again, he says in verse 7, For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Now, he says, I've derived much joy. And I'll come back uh, to that. Let's see if I'm going to have, yeah, I think I might have time. Uh, I have derived this joy and comfort from you because... So many people have been refreshed by Philemon, which would include Paul himself. I suspect that Paul had the spiritual, I mean, uh, that Philemon had the spiritual gift of encouragement. I suspect that's what he, he had, the spiritual gift of encouragement. Have you ever been around somebody, some of you in here have the gift of encouragement. Have you ever been around somebody that has the spiritual gift of encouragement? Do you know how you can find, you can, somebody that has a gift of, of encouragement can be sick. And when you visit with them, you come away feeling better about you because you've been with them. They end up encouraging you more than you encourage them. That's often a reflection of somebody who has the gift of encouragement. But that principle is true anyway. A person that is an encourager They'll refresh you. You just, feel, you just feel encouraged by being around them. You are refreshed spiritually uh, because you've been around them. By the way, as a footnote, that ought to be true of the church corporately. That's why when you, when you come to church, I, I know you. Have you ever had one of those days you thought, I'm going, but I don't want to? Or, don't say it. Uh, say, no, Pastor, we always want to go to church. And we always want to hear your brief messages. And, and so we, we, we won't. But you know, you've been there before where you thought, man, I just don't feel like it today. But you kind of drug yourself to church, literally. 
But after you got there, what happened? Your soul was refreshed, wasn't it? And you, you left and you went, I'm so glad I, I went. And it may not have been because of the music, or it may not have been because of the message. It may have been because you were surrounded by the people of God. And collectively, we tend to encourage each other. We may not all have the spiritual gift of encouragement, but there, there is something, isn't it, about just being around the, the people of God that brings encouragement to us. Now, some of you just are great at it, but Philemon was probably an encourager. He probably had the gift of in, encouragement. And, and because of that, there were discouraged saints who carried on. Uh, Paul was encouraged by this friend. He is a beloved friend that was a great encourager to him. Now, you have any questions about that, by the way? How many, how many of you know an encourager? Okay, you know a person that's an encourager. Do any of you feel like you have the spiritual gift of encouragement? Not sure? Uh, but you know people that are encouragers. Uh, by the way, everybody needs to find some encouragers in their life. Because um, they'll, they'll help you when you're down. Uh, I'm probably going to do a message in the series on Victorious Christian Living about um, overcoming discouragement. And one of the ways you do is you make sure you, you are around some encouragers. You know? Um, I, I think especially the age we're living in right now, we need encouragement, don't we? We need truth, but we need encouragers. Now, you say, well, there's not a lot exciting out there to be encouraged by, right? But here's what, here's how encouragement works. You may look around you and say, th there are some discouraging things going on, and uh, man, I feel... I." It, you know, I feel discouraged or helpless. Now, how does encouragement work? A person, an encourager doesn't come and say, ah, oh, it's okay, doesn't matter. That, that's not encouragement. That's called blindness. Right? So how does an encourager encourage you when you are in a setting where you say, I don't, I, gosh, man, things around me are, are not good. How do they encourage you? Anybody know? All right. They remind you of truth, don't they? They remind you of truth. God's in control. What else? Okay. <laughs> and they could. Oh, <laughs> lift up your head. It could get worse, and it might. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, and what else could you, can, can you do as an encourager to encourage? And by the way, you say, well, if I don't have the gift, that's no, not important because I, I won't practice it. Let me tell you something about spiritual gifts. Because you don't have a particular gift doesn't exempt you from practicing. You, we can all practice. We got the Holy Spirit. He has all the gifts. So there are times when you can express encouragement, though that may not be natural spiritually speaking. Does that make sense? Look, I do not have a gift of mercy, if y'all haven't 
been able to tell after 21 years. I don't have the spiritual gift of mercy. Therefore, I'm exempt from being merciful. What do you think, Spud? No. No. <laughs> that's right. I, I'm not exempt. That doesn't, it means that that's not going to be, that's not going to come out naturally, but there are going to be occasions where I, the, the Spirit of God will work mercifully through me. Right? Does that make sense? So that gift will come out. All right, so you don't have the gift of encouragement. You're not exempt from encouraging one another. Let us encourage one another all the more, the writer of Hebrews said, especially as we see the day of his return approaching. Well, gosh, we're a lot closer now than they were, right? And what he's saying is, and by the way, you know how he said to encourage one another? By not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because when we get together, so, all right, so how do you encourage a person when, when you say, man, there, it's, it's dark out there. I, I don't mean literally, it is, but it's dark out there. It's getting darker. So how do you, how do you encourage you? Yeah, those are good things. Uh, a couple more? You got a couple more before we go? Okay, be positive in this sense. Spiritual positive. We know how the story ends. It may, get, it may get darker, Mike, before it gets better. But we know it's going to get better because Jesus is going to return and everything changes. What else might you do? You, you can. The peace that passes all understanding, Paul talks about that is ours and he says well guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and how can you encourage someone you okay okay don't be a complainer that's certainly not going uh, yeah uh, you probably don't have the gift of encouragement if you're a complainer hey okay I want to encourage you and tell you you know what you're going through you deserve but I'll pray for you. Uh, but uh, prayer is something you can do. Say, so you know what? How can I pray for you? How can I pray? Or pray with them. Uh, okay, any other ways that you can encourage them? Yeah, yeah. the truth, that's why I say earlier, uh, you know, speak the truth, speak it in love, give them, give them something to hold on to. Um, and, and by the way, it's the reason you need to know your Bible. Um, you also can encourage someone, that Paul said that, there, at times we go through things so that we can comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Do you know sometimes um, you go through something and you say, I don't know what this is about, and sometimes it is about what you're going to be able to help somebody else with down the road. I told, I told someone a couple of years ago, they were going through, I mean, just, it was incredible. And I said, I don't know what God's got planned, 
but this is for his glory, and he's going to use this uh, in your life to minister to someone else. Two years later, it's happened. And it's, it, I mean, it's a, it's a, man, the story is a God thing. So, so you, you give them truth so they'll have something to hold on to. When we're discouraged, we need something to hold on to, don't we? You know, another way, and I've got a, our time's gone, but another way that you can encourage someone sometimes is just say, I'm with you. Beloved fellow worker, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. You know, Paul's in prison. He's writing to a guy who he knew was still an encourager, a supporter to him. And sometimes one of the ways that you encourage someone is you say, I just want you to know, I don't even have the answers to what's going on, but I want you to know I'm with you. I'm with you. You can count on me. I'm praying for you. I love you. And here's something that God has given me to give to you. A final footnote about the Word. I've watched through the years that oftentimes when I'm spending time with God in the Word, He may... There may be something I read, and it doesn't just jump off the page, and I go, okay, all right. But before the week's out, suddenly I'll have an encounter, and that, whatever it was that I had read, suddenly I realized, God, that's what that was about. You gave that to me back there so I could give this to someone else. See? So, um, and then encourage them with the Word of God. So, all right. Um, Y'all good? Okay.